Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. We take one more moment and just pray and ask the Lord to speak to us from his word. Here's what I know, that God can do more in just like a millisecond than I could do in a million years. So I just pray that more than you hearing me, I pray that you would hear him today and be touched and changed by his power. Would you pray with me today? Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you for your word. Thank you for what I feel in this place today. Lord, for the witness of the Holy Spirit, God, would you break every chain, Lord, that's on our lives today. Help us see who you are clearly and then who we are because of that. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. We've been talking about taking a road trip through the scripture. And Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 is such a beautiful passage because what it says is simply this, that we're surrounded by people who have already lived the life that we're living. In other words, they face the same difficulties that we're facing, and they've been victorious. If you could sit down with anybody in the world today and talk to them, who would it be? Like, who would you like to sit down with for an hour? And if you could ask them any question, who would it be? Well, who would be the person that you say, I would love to get their wisdom? I would love to hear what they would have to say. Well, the amazing thing that God says in Hebrews 12 is essentially this Bible, the Bible is a, is a group of people that we can sit down with and talk about life. And we can talk about what we're facing and what we're going through. And I dare say what I found in my life is this, is that for everything that I'm going to face in life, there's other people that have walked a similar journey to me in the Bible. And through looking at their life, I discover who I am and the decisions that, that I can make. It's, it's amazing whenever you read the Bible. I don't know if you have, have a commitment to read the Bible on a, on a daily basis. You can, if you wanna start making that kind of commitment on our free app that we have for the church, you can just, it will actually read the Bible to you if you want to, or you can read it there or on our website. You can read the one year Bibles. What I do, it just kind of helps you just read a little bit of the Bible every day. And, and what's amazing about that is this. It's incredible how whenever you read the Bible, Usually something that you're going through, something that you're about to go through is addressed in the Bible. And it's like you walk into the situation, you're like, wow, that's crazy. I did not, I have the answer for that, you know? I don't know if you've ever faced things and you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't really have an answer for that. I believe the more we look into the Bible, the more we look into what God's word says, it's like an instruction manual for life. And so today I want to really sit down on this road trip I want a road trip um, to a time a long, long time ago that, that Bible history-wise, we would be about 4,000 years ago. We're gonna be looking at the life of a man named Noah. Could you say that with me? Noah. I don't know how much you've heard of Noah. There's, in the last couple years, there's been movies about Noah's life. He is a huge character in the history of the world. What would, what would Noah say to us if he could say, if he could give us a piece of advice? Here's what I believe Noah would tell us. He would say, when you wonder if your life really counts, one person can make a difference. I'll say that one more time. This is what Noah would give to us. When you wonder if your life really counts, one person can make a difference. I want you to know that God created you 
on purpose for a purpose. I don't know if you think about your life like this. Noah probably didn't think of himself as being someone that would be a difference maker, but he was. Genesis chapter six, verse five, let's study the, this story together. It says, the Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. So it was a bad time, a bad culture. It's no coincidence that, in, that Jesus actually says whenever he returns, the end of days, the end time generation would look a lot like Noah's generation. That people's hearts are wicked and not toward God and don't care about one another. And the Lord sees this. And the Bible says the Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth. Parents, you ever felt this way about your kids? Like, I don't even, I'll, I'll take you out and make another one. You know, like... I'm upset, I'm grieved that I made man. Said his heart was so filled with pain, so the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I've created from the face of the earth, men, animals, creatures that move along the ground, and birds of the air, for I am grieved that I've made them. God says that, that this is a bad time. They've, the people have made many mistakes and they're not seeking after God. But the next part of this verse says, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found favor. So here's what I want to do. I want to look at how Noah made a difference. Like what were the characteristics in Noah's life that empowered him to make a difference? Here's the first one is that Noah found favor. Noah found favor. This statement has messed with me all week long because you think about the favor of God. You think about how God's favor is what makes all the difference in our life. It's not that Noah was such a good guy. It wasn't that Noah was just, um, Noah was somebody that was absolutely perfect in everything he did. But it's as if God looked down on the world and said, you know what? This is somebody that I love. This is someone who I want to use. This is someone that I have a purpose for. You know, God, when he looks at the world, he chose you. He chose me. He, we have found favor with God. Ever thought about that? Like found favor. That God's favor is on our life. Do you really think you deserve to have the life that you have, the blessings that you have, the good things that you have? Or is it the favor of God that's on your life? Too many times we look at ourselves and we think, I did this, I got this job, I had this family. I worked hard. I did all these things. And could it be that, yes, God gives us the ability to work, but at the end of the day, that it's only the favor of God on our life that makes us the what we are. And we got to make sure we always keep that reality so front and center in my mind. A lot of times whenever we talk about Noah, we talk about him building a boat. But what God impressed me all week long is that the, only, the, the reason he could even build the boat was because the favor of God was on his life. It was God's favor that gave him the strength to do what he did. 1 Peter 2.9 says, you are a chosen people. Why don't you point at yourself right now? Say, I am a chosen people. Like, I am chosen by God. You are royal priests, a holy nation. You are God's own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. How he's called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. That, that, that God... We found favor with God. Like, don't take it for granted. 
Here's the second thing Noah found was purpose. Noah found purpose. Noah found favor, and also Noah found purpose. That after the favor of God was on Noah's life, God begins to give him a call of what to do. Genesis chapter 6, verse 14, it's there in your notes. It says, build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. Make a boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Leave an 18-inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. Put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. I find it so interesting. There's such a detailed plan about this incredible, the incredible boat that Noah was supposed to build. You know, Jesus gave us a purpose. God's favor's on our life. God chose us like of the billions of people on planet Earth, like we're here today hearing about the purpose of God and there's billions of people that don't even know the name of Jesus? Like, why has he let us hear this? Why has he let us be a part of this? Well, Mark chapter 16, verse 15 gives us our purpose. Here's our purpose. And he told to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everybody. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. He says, here's what I want you to do. I'm not, I'm not calling you to build a boat necessarily, but I'm calling you to go reach out to people, like tell people of what I've done in your life. Go make disciples. What is, what is a disciple? This, this word discipleship is kind of a buzzword in Christianity today. And honestly, it's always kind of been confusing to me because it's like Jesus, you have Jesus and the disciples and we're called to make disciples. And it's like, I mean, how am I supposed to make like the apostle Paul? Like, I don't know how to make a disciple, you know? Um, what does that even mean? Well, 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 well here's, here's something that really helped me recently. Here's what it means to make a disciple. You help someone else with what God has helped you with. So whatever God has done in your life, just go help someone else do that in their life. So for example, if God helped you with an addiction, go find someone who has an addiction and go help them. If God helped you get out of debt and now you're financially free to be able to do what God's called you to do, hey, go find someone else in, who's in debt and go help them become financially free. Has Jesus given you peace? Have you, did you have a time in your life where you didn't care about God and, and now there's something inside of you, like there's a light on the inside where you now want to, you just live this joy-filled life full of peace and all this. Like find someone else who's struggling and, and you help God do in them what he did in you. And that creates a disciple. It creates someone who is like Jesus, someone who can walk in his footsteps. So, so, so I say again, what, what is it that God has done in your life? Like what is it that God has brought you out of? Or what's he taking you through right now? How can you find someone else that's in that same situation as you? How can you help them deal with what they're dealing with? How can you help them? Think about it. A lot of times we kind of live in our own head. And my, I don't know about you guys that have glasses, but, but I have a terrible time seeing things far away. I can see things up close. Like I can see after about six or eight inches, I kind of lose it. And, and here's, here's what I know. I'm the same way with my life. Like, I'm really good about, like, my own life. I'm really good about worrying about myself and what's going on in my life. But I'm not very good at putting the glasses on and looking beyond me. I'm not very good at, 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 at realizing that there are people that I'm crossing paths with all the time that may need a little word of hope that day. Like, maybe it's the person 
at AT&T when you're doing something with your cell phone bill, or maybe it's a cashier at Walmart, or, or maybe it's the, the lady at the register today, or your, or your um, waitress at the restaurant, or, or maybe it's a family member that, that, that you just can reach out to and just share the love of Jesus. Maybe it's an elderly person that, that maybe feels forgotten that you can go take them lunch this week and sit down with, but, but what is it that we're doing that's living beyond ourselves? That's really the question I felt to ask someone today. Like, like what are you doing that's living beyond you? Because if you're not doing that, you're probably a pretty miserable person. Because if all we do is worry about ourselves, if all we do is focus on our own lives, it's such an oxymoron that we can never, seems like we can never get free of the things we're struggling with. But the moment we begin to reach out, the moment we begin to try to help someone else deal with what they're dealing with, the moment we begin to bless someone else, it's like God starts blessing us. It's like the moment we start helping somebody else get free, God helps us get, to get free. And that's really the heart of City Hills here. We have something called the growth track. You heard it on the news earlier. But what the growth track is, it's something that takes place every single month. And it's really a simple process. It takes about an hour. We, we have dinner together. We, we hang out. And in the process of all that, you take a personality profile, a spiritual gifts assessment, and you take a passion profile. And all it is, it's just for you. It's for you to identify like what, like how has God made you? There's a statistic that I heard a couple years ago that said over 70% of Christians do not even know what their spiritual gifts are. So we want to help you here find and discover what that is so that you can have a moment where you're like, I was made to do this. Like, I was made to make a difference. And that's what we want to help you do. That's, that's actually taking place next Sunday. If you want to be a part of that, we'll buy you dinner at Panera Bread. Somebody, hallelujah, bread. We'll buy that bread and we'll eat together and uh, we'll have a good time. But, but it's all about discovering your purpose and how we can live out. Because when you do that, I promise, your pro- the, 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 goal, the, the goal in life is not to get rid of your problems. The goal in life is to find something bigger than your problems. And that's a purpose. Like if you spend all your time trying to fix your problems, they're not gonna go away because it's like the moment you get one problem fixed, it's like the water's just coming out somewhere else and you gotta pin that one, then you're pinning this one and then it's so quick to run out of time, energy, and effort. But the moment you start having a purpose, yeah, all this stuff can be going wrong, but you're still moving forward in your life because you know what? God has put me on this earth to make a difference. So Noah found purpose. Here's the, here's the third thing Noah found. He found courage. Noah found courage. He didn't just have a purpose, he obeyed. Verse 22 says, Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. I wrote in my notes, small verse, big obedience. That, that one verse codifies about 120 years of time. <laughs> Build a boat, oh, can I, go to, can I go to Bass Pro Shop? No, it doesn't exist yet. <laughs> You're going to have to cut down the wood. You're going to have to do all this work. And it's all codified into one scripture. Noah did everything. In what area of your life are you refusing to obey God? How can we expect God's blessings in our lives if there are areas we are refusing to obey him in? Like, like what's, you'll never grow beyond your level of obedience. What is the, 
area of your life? What's the area of my life? What's the area of our lives where we're just putting God on the back burner in that area? Maybe it's in the area of our relationships. Maybe it's in the area of our finances. Maybe it's our career. Maybe it's our health. What area of our life are we saying, God, I kind of got this one. God says, no, it's in the obedience where I bring the blessing. So I wanna, I wanna quickly uh, turn to what Noah would give us as some final words of encouragement before we're finished today. Hope this is helping you. Hope this is a practical message today about how we can make a difference. Here's the first thing. He would say that you have to be different to make a difference. <laughs> like, you can't make a difference if you're not different. You can't make a difference if you're just like everybody else around you. If you say the same thing everyone else says. If you live the same way everyone else lives. If you make the same decisions everyone else makes. You're not going to make a difference. People don't want help from people in the same problem they're in. They want help from people that are different. They want help from people who have allowed God to change their life from the inside out. I wrote in my notes, don't be afraid to stand out from the crowd. When your friends are doing things that you do know does not please God, don't be afraid to stand out from the crowd. Don't be afraid to stand out from the crowd when you're at the party and everyone else is doing it. Leave. Be willing to stand out from the crowd. Be willing to stand out when you're at a movie and it's a whole lot worse than you thought it would be whenever you got into it. And you're at that awkward place where you don't know if you should stay or you should go. Go. When someone calls the gossip about somebody else, don't be afraid to stand out from the crowd. When you get pressure on your job to be unethical, don't be afraid to stand out from the crowd. Proverbs 29 says, The fear of man will prove to be a snare but whoever trusts in the Lord will be kept safe. Here's the question. Who do we fear more, people or do we fear God? Like who holds our future in their hands? Is it the opinions of people or is it the opinion of God? Because along the way, there may be times where you have to purpose, you have to offend people, like people aren't gonna understand you. But if you please God, God says, you're gonna be okay. You're gonna be kept safe. See, it's hard to live righteously in an unrighteous environment, but I want to tell you, you can do it. The second thing Noah would tell us is, here's the deal, making a difference starts with those near you. Making a difference starts with those near you. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to go around the world just to make a difference. I love Ross and Catherine and their story and what, what she said that they didn't just say, you know what, we're not gonna do anything where we are. We're gonna wait for God to call us to Africa. No, whenever we met, they said, okay, let's make a difference right here in our city. Let's make a difference right here in Knoxville. And it's no coincidence that whenever they began to make a difference where they were, God began to open up new doors and new opportunities for them to make a difference in a way that God God had really put it on their heart to do. That making a difference starts where you are. Don't be afraid to start right where you are to make a difference. We are giving these out today. Um, they're at, at the exit whenever you leave and at all the tables there in the lobby. But this is called an act of kindness card. And I wanna encourage you just to take a handful of them and put them in your purse, put them in your wallet, put them in your pocket. And what it simply says is it says something extra to show you that God loves you and so do we. 
And on the back, it just has a little bit of information about the church. And what I want to challenge you to do is to this week, do something beyond yourself. Like practically, this week, take one of these cards or 10 of these cards and do something not around the world, but do something around your neighborhood <laughs> or do something around Starbucks. You know, that's, that's my neighborhood. That's what I tell people. That's my second office. You want to meet with me? You go like Starbucks, you know, you just come by, see the truck. I'm going to be there, you know? I can't tell you how many conversations I've had by Take, this is our newly designed one, but our, our, our previous Acts of Kindness card just simply, um, behind, simply saying, hey, whatever you want, man, I got your drink, like whatever you want, and I'll pay for their drink and give them this card. Like just, just something to say, hey, man, God loves you. And it's awesome what God will do if you will start where you are. Proverbs, uh, start right where you are. Genesis chapter seven, verse six says, male and female of each kind entered just as God had commanded Noah, then the Lord closed the door behind them. I find it interesting that, that Noah, I, I'd always kind of imagined in my mind, I told the 915 serve team service that I'd kind of imagined in my mind like, Moses, like, like Noah like on the safari, like he's like riding two elephants, you know, like onto the, you know, onto the ark, you know, he's like, you know, riding, you know, and there's like that music, you know, he's like in those old timey movies, you know, and he's like whipping a snake, you know, you know, get him in, there's two by twos, you know, and I got some questions for Noah anyway, you know, it's like, you know, Noah, why didn't you go ahead and squash those two mosquitoes like why you had the chance, you know, like just get rid of those things. Like we, we wouldn't have to be messing with them, you know, right now. But I'd kind of imagine Noah doing this like spectacular thing, going and rounding up all these animals, you know, and, but, but the Bible doesn't say that happened. The Bible just says that the animals came two by two as God commanded. Um, I mean, that's a huge feat. We were at the zoo the other day, and man, have you seen my lion up close? Like, could you imagine? Like, hey, guys, why don't you come on? No, no, I'd be saying far away, you know? But what God did this miracle of just doing, essentially God did what Noah could never do when Noah did what he could do. If you and I will do what we can do, God will do what we could never do. <laughs> Like if, if you will do what you can't, like everybody can do this. You say, I can't go to Africa. I can't. Well, that's okay. You can do this though. You can find somebody this week, pay for a meal, bake some cookies, give it to them, mow someone's yard, send someone a card. There's a myriad of things you can, everybody, you don't even have to be a believer. Like you, you everybody in this room, you can, do, you can live beyond yourself. And I promise, when you do what you can do, see, Noah's responsibility was just to take care of his family. And when he took care of his family, God took care of doing the miracle things, of getting all the animals in the ark. I think that's an awesome principle, that your response, our responsibility is where we are. And then God, we do the natural, and God will do the supernatural. Here's the third thing. I believe he would say, finally, trust me, God always keeps his promises. <laughs> Could you imagine what it would be like for God to tell you there's gonna be rain? There had never been rain. God's like, there's gonna be rain. I want you to build a boat. It's gonna take you over 100 years to do it. Everyone's not gonna understand you. You're gonna be following me and people are gonna be making fun of you. You're not gonna fit in with everybody else. 
I believe Noah would say, yeah, there were some hard days and days I didn't understand. But here's what I know. God always keeps his promises. Second Peter chapter three says, I just wanna skip to the latter part of this passage. It says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, but he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And I wanted to end with this challenge to you, is that what area of your life do you feel like God is being slow in keeping his promise? And I just wanna encourage you to let you know you can trust God. Like you can trust him 100%. He's gonna do everything that he said he would do. And don't take my word for it, please. I'm 31 years old. Take the word of Noah, 950 years. <laughs> Lived through some crazy things. But I believe at the end of his days, he would say, you know what? After the flood and all that, God gave me this big, beautiful rainbow. And there's times whenever I'm driving down the road and I see a rainbow and um, I don't know, I'm just reminded that, man, God, your promise is so true so real that whatever God said he would, would do in your life, I promise he'll do it because he's faithful. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Before we leave today, I wanna give you an opportunity just to put your trust in that faithful God in this place. We're about to sing and go back into worship and I believe God's just gonna just speak a word to somebody's heart today. Maybe I said something today that connected or maybe, maybe God's just been speaking to you and that's awesome. But if you're here today and you say, I wanna take steps to follow after him, like I wanna follow Jesus with all of my heart, with all of my life, I wanna give you an opportunity to pray with me today. And I believe today can be a day, maybe this is the first time you've ever prayed to come to Jesus and give your life to him, or maybe it's the first time in a long time. Either way, I just wanna open up this opportunity. I don't like to let a Sunday go by without allowing God to just enter our hearts and change our lives. Would you pray with me today? Simply say in your own words, say, Jesus, I need you. I give you my life. Help me with the things I don't understand. Help me to trust you. Help me to follow after you. And regardless of what anyone else does, I'm gonna follow you. Forgive me of my sin. I choose to follow you with my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit today. Change me. Make me more like Jesus. In Jesus' name.